Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Hart and Midlothian Football Club, who finished fourth in the 2022-23 Scottish Premiership. Joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss Hart's trip to Ibrox to take on Rangers and an Edinburgh Derby draw in their final two fixtures is Daniel McIver. How are you, McIver? Hello. Doing all good. Wait to see Guardians of Galaxy 3 today, so it's been an emotional day. It's pretty fitting for what is an emotional final two games of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, doing good, obviously. It's a bit of a later episode this week. Would, uh, would you like to explain why? Because I was ready. I, I was ready to not let the, <laughs> uh, the listeners and viewers down. I was here. Um, You know when you just, like, at the end of the season, when your brain just goes to mush and you realise that you've got shit on? I just yeah, sorry gang. Um Shocking. so we obviously you tend to record on a Tuesday. Uh, yep. I went to Bruce Springsteen because my missus wanted to see him at Murrayfield. Mm-hmm. Um very good. Uh, and then I was working uh, Wednesday morning but I wanted to watch the, the Europa League final between Roma and Sevilla. So I said to McIver, is there any chance that we can record on the Thursday? Um and here we are. But now upon reflection we should have just bashed it on the Monday because the playoffs are underway. But that but that's fine. You know, that's ah, it, that's fine. okay. It's only the small matter of who the twelfth team in the top flight will be. Um but yeah. I'll be check the score now because as we're talking it was It'll be half nil. time. Yeah, nice. Yeah, when we check. Did you uh, did you pick up a programme by any chance at the I did at, indeed at the weekend. That's good. I've actually hold on, I've got it behind me. Hold oh, on. Oh nice. Oh nice. Nice little bit of uh It's here. Of on air, <laughs> I don't know what we call this on air breakaway. Oh, yep, it's nice front no cover. Idea. It is a very nice front cover. Michael Smith on his last game. The goat, the king. What a guy. And I need to get to our bit because yes, we were in program once again, which is always great. There it is. Hey, there it is. Double the troops. Nice in the middle. Is the like photo? Yeah. And we were. Quite, I feel like we were actually quite optimistic about yeah, the we season. Could, we could have been positive. a lot harsher. Yeah. So if you haven't already picked that up, I'm sure there'll be some link as to where you can. They're in the shop. You can get them in the shop, and you can get them um, online as well. Uh, I can't remember the service, but there's a service that the club provides where you can get programs. Nice, perfect. So yeah, thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to contribute, and hopefully we can carry that on into uh, into next season. But we're here to talk about the end of this season or the season just gone or <laughs> I hate this stage this is shite <laughs> I'm just a little like you know, we're shaping up for a summer without a football tournament and it's just a bit nah. I know it's rubbish it is rubbish but speaking of rubbish um, there was plenty to fly through <laughs> in Scotland's top tier um, there was a full fixture card last Wednesday so Wednesday the 24th of May Mm-hmm. We were keeping an eye on all th- proceedings at Pataudry. However, we were disappointed by St Mirren yet again, just like 1986 all over again, gang, um, as Aberdeen swept them aside 3-0, which all but confirmed the Dons' third place... Uh, no, it did confirm the Dons' third place finish. I don't know why I said that. Um, all but mathematically caught, but confirmed was Dundee United's relegation as United yeah. were swept aside... By Kilmarnock, the exact same 3-0 scoreline at Tanadice, an absolute shocker. Um, and an absolute shocker, again, at Easter Road, given that Hibernian beat Celtic by four goals to two. Scott Bain, really worthy of that three-year deal at Celtic. What a life that must be. Um, but that at least meant that the fifth and final Edinburgh Derby of the season would be meaningful. We'll come on to that. Mm-hmm. 
in due course. Uh, Motherwell took a large step towards seventh spot as they drew away to their nearest challengers, Livingston, one apiece. Uh, and a six-goal thriller in Dingwall saw so Ryan McGowan try his absolute hardest to save one of his former clubs from relegation. <laughs> However, it finished Ross County 3, St Johnston 3 up in the Highlands. What did you make of the other five fixtures that midweek, MacIver? The McGowan thing was just funny. <laughs> like It's just the most Ryan McGowan situation possible. Um, I need an explanation as to why Dundee United weren't relegated before the final day. Because I saw everybody saying this, that they were basically relegated. But I looked at it and didn't understand how they weren't. So they could have tied level on points with whoever was... Uh, it would have been Ross County in 11th. But they right. needed an eight-goal swing. That's what it I wasn't looking at goal difference. I no. could ju- the table I was looking at just had points. Yeah. And I was like, what? So, so they would have tied level on points. But because United were eight goals worse off... Was it seven or eight? Eight goals worse off... Right. They basically needed to to batter Motherwell oh, oh, oh. on the last day and hope that uh, who were oh Ross County were Ross away County to playing Kelly. Kelly. That's right, at Rugby yeah. Park. So um, they were definitely finishing in the bottom two. That yes. was confirmed. Definitely right. But there was the yeah. small chance of a playoff place <laughs> leapfrogging Ross County thanks to Eagle Swing, only to then play Partick Thistle over two legs. But uh, they weren't they weren't given said chance. Right get you now uh, because that was funny that it was like oh okay we need to do something and then you just get absolutely bad I mean Gowser literally tried his best yeah he did he did that, he very much did that didn't really change Ross County's situation either way but he tried to keep United no. up Motherwell just like you could tell as soon as the split happened it was like oh okay Motherwell are going to finish 7th like that's just what's yeah. going to happen um, but the top half fixtures basically couldn't have went worse for us. <laughs> like, you looked at it and we're like, right, it would be good if Celtic can beat Hebs because then that's it. Done. We're, we've got fourth at least. I knew Hopefully. when I saw that team selection, sorry, that that was I know. just... You just knew it. Like, what the hell was that? And yeah, the fact that, that they've been ranked ever since battering us to obviously lift the title. Well, I say battering us, like, beating, beating us. Though. Yeah. It just... Oh, honestly... Oh, that was frustrating and then yeah like I had to be a St Mirren fan for like well I was going to say 90 minutes because it wasn't 90 minutes it was 45 after you realised oh they're 2-0 down I went down to 10 men right that's that done and so what a horrible more, existence more that more 20 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um, but it's such a weird thing because our result is technically a very historic one at Ibrooks. Like, we very rarely pick up any points from there. So normally, like, for example, the last time we picked up a point there was cause for massive celebration. You were there, Craig Halkett's last-minute equaliser. Jalen Phillips' camera was in my bus. Well, that was very much the case for my family members in this game as well. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's weird because it is just kind of like, and you saw it, Naismith just kind of was, like, after the game, like, Oh well, there's positives and negatives. It's, so it is a weird. I don't. It's going to be a weird discussion because I don't really have any positive things to say, even though there was a lot of positives. Even like even the goals, the the opening goal, it was like oh my god, and then yeah. when what happens happens, it was like oh right. Uh, I mean that's okay. uh, that's nice, but <laughs> I could really really could have done with another one. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. But it's but it's it's weird. It's it weird. is weird. It is weird. 
But what wasn't weird was Stephen Naismith's team selection. He named the starting yeah. eleven for the trip to Ibrox, making just two changes from the side that had beaten Aberdeen at Tynecastle at the weekend prior. Your mate Alex Cochran was, of course, suspended, so James Hill came in to take his place. And a surprising selection saw Alan Forrest take Barry Mackay's spot in the starting eleven, who yeah. moved to the bench. Hearts there therefore lined up as follows. It was a 4-2-3-1 with Clark in goal. A back four of Kai Rolls filling in as an unorthodox left back. Uh, James Hill, Toby Civic and Nathaniel Atkinson. Peter Haring and Cammy Devlin were in front of said back four. Alan Forrest on the left, Yutara Oda on the right. And Lauren Shankland supporting Josh Janelli up front. What were your thoughts with regards to said selection for our trip to Govan? Initially, I thought it was a massively out of position three five two, <laughs> and was really confused. Everybody, um, everybody thought Alan Forrest was coming on at left wing back, weren't they? And it was yeah. just like, oh my god, you've not selected him in a must win game at Ibrox. Alan Forrest cannot be playing left wing back. It was so weird. But then you see it and you go, all right, okay, it is actually a reasonable shape with pretty much reasonable personnel. Um the Cochrane thing obviously was enforced and then it was it was an interesting tactical change and I will be honest I can't properly remember if it worked that well because I can't really remember how well Alan Forrest played uh, my my concern coming into it was I know that Fashion Sakala is a player that uh, divides a lot of the Rangers fan base but what nobody can deny is he's got pace to burn and I yeah. thought Kai Rolls at left back Particularly with Alan Forrest ahead of him, I thought we were begging for fashion to call it a terrace and you on down that right-hand side when I saw it. But, in fairness to Hearts and to Stephen Naismith, it actually like, didn't transpire that way. We no. got off to a, a, a very good, a rare, a good start. As, as I mean, 45 seconds is all it takes for Hearts to take the lead. A long James Hill throwing, flicked on by Peter Hanning, James Tavernier can't clear. He ends up on the goal line. Lauren Shackland looks to nod home. Instead, finds Josh Janelli, who is in an onside position. It's bouncing around. The standing skipper pokes home, but the linesman has his flag up, and it appears as though the opening goal was to be denied. However, thankfully, the officials came to their senses, and it was 1-0 hearts early on. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) I didn't even really celebrate, because I was kind of like... Is this even a good thing? Is this too soon? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is it what's going on? But no, it's absolutely mental. It's flagged as offside. Could not believe it. Like, and even how long they take to come to the conclusion. It's one of those. I feel like actually our last two games of the season was a very good advertisement for VR. Yes, it was just like if VR didn't exist, what would those scores have been? Like, I've no idea. And maybe one of them would have benefited us more as we get into the Hibs game later on. But, that, like, a genuine... Sometimes you can go, listen, I disagree with the official there, but I can at least see what they were talking about. I can't see how you think anyone in a Hearts persuasion or in a Hearts jersey is in an offside position for that. But, to focus on the positives, James Hill continued his post-split renaissance under Stephen Naismith. What on earth happened to him? I don't know. He just, well, just says he, that the, the loan deal's coming to a close and wants, wants some type of you know game time in the Premier League now that Bournemouth have comfortably stayed up. I will always die on the hill that James Hill wasn't as bad as a lot of fans made him out to be. 
No, definitely not. I think he was he went through a terrible dip in form that really exacerbated our position, so it was natural to kind of focus on him because there were times where he was very poor. But I don't think he was like some people have been like he's one of the worst signs we've made in recent years and stuff nah, like that. And no chance. He, he he was average, and recent performances have indicated that he's in fact above average. Yeah, a lot of... I'm owing an apology alongside a good few others, to be honest. Well, what I was going to say was, I think a lot of the reaction to him was for his off-the-field talking. I think that was what was... Yeah, yeah. and his general press conferences. But even I didn't think he would have this level in him. Where it's just like, oh, he's actually been our best defender post-split. You can see why they shelled out a million pounds or whatever, for for example. Exactly. And I feel like... Again, it's such a weird thing. Under Nielsen, we did obviously score in the derby from a James Hill long throw, technically, in the th- uh, at the home game where Shanklin scores because Hill throws it in from the Wheatfield side and it kind of bounces about a bit and then Shanklin ends up scoring. But apart from that, we never really properly utilised James Hill's throwing. Mm, Aberdeen game, no. Did we? Yeah, Janelli pokes home early doors. Remember. Maybe that's the goal I'm thinking of. I was about to say, I don't remember one in the derby. Maybe well, it was the Aberdeen game. Maybe it is that one that I'm thinking <laughs> of. But generally, we didn't utilise it more than that, which is weird because it's Robbie Nielsen whose main thing <laughs> was chucking it really far from a defensive position. But under Naismith, has done so well and it is all just, it is just the Rory Delap effect which teams just can't seem to deal with. And I've never understood how hard it is to defend until you see it in action and players just seem to break and they just don't know what to do. Do you, do you know what came up, actually? It's funny you mentioned Rory Delap. I can remember, was it the West Brom goalkeeper? Was it Boaz Myhill? And he kicked yeah. out for a corner when they were playing Stoke rather than concede the yeah. long throw. <laughs> yep. Uh, I found out a story as well that when Liam Delap Obviously, yes. his son, who... Does he still play at Man City? Uh, yeah, I th- well, he's contracted to City. I think he was last at Stoke. Is that right? Yeah, he yeah. went to Stoke because yeah. it was kind of like yeah. a... Well, hey, yeah. um, when he was younger... I know he's a young player coming through, but when he was really wee, uh, parents at his games wouldn't let him learn to take throw-ins <laughs> because of his because da- it was like, no, we're not having another one. We're not doing this. And I'm like, you can't do that. Like, I know he's a striker, so it's like, well, he's probably not going to be taking throw-ins. But they were like, no, you're not allowed to take throw-ins. Probably. I saw. Uh, I also saw a lot of. I don't know if this is just like throughout the season that everybody's just got bored, but I, I have seen a lot of folk digging up their tweets saying no thanks to Shanks and all this, and I'm just like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> like you, you must just feel like you're such an update because we all we all get them wrong. Some some we get right. Yeah. But some we have just got drastically wrong. But I, I mean, what a player! What a player! I yeah, just thought if just this so is good. if this is his last Hearts goal, like it's just sickening that it has to come against them. But <sighs> no matter. Look, it, it could have got even better. Peter Haring slid Josh Janelli through on five minutes with a fantastic ball. Gets the better of Leon King, slaloming inside and out, but slams towards goal. Alan McGregor responds. With a great save before John Souter nods into the goalkeeper's arms. That snake. Um, <laughs> sorry. Later on, Leon King's effort would deflect off James Hill and Xander Clark parried for Toby Civic to clear. But in that opening 20 minutes, McIver, I don't know about yourself, I was just encouraged that all Rangers had really were efforts from long range, as, as reflected with that Leon King effort. 
it was just really good. Kai Rolls was surprisingly compact and solid at left back. Hill and Sibic were just... Hill was so good. It's going to be very much the flavour of the month in this podcast. Me just going, James Hill was great. Um, but Atkinson did so well again, just continuing very to grow. Again, that's another one. Sorry. I know that you were talking about Hill and throws earlier on. Nathaniel Atkinson was in Robbie Nielsen's position. And yet, I know. Un- like, has to- appears to have a new lease of life under Stephen Naismith, as opposed to somebody who played right back. Yeah. It's so weird. But yeah, it was just, it was positive, but there was a part of my brain going, can we do this for 90 minutes? I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, uh, I-, I can remember even talking last season. I think it was one of the post-split games. Did we not play Celtic at Celtic Park post-split and Ellis Sims put mm-hmm. us 1-0 up after four minutes? Yep. Everybody was like, oh, what, what, what could happen? And I said, we need at least an eight but yeah. <laughs> before that four. I was just thinking, oh, early. I was thinking either wait till 85 plus or grab a second instantly and then we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Because you're right, they were gradually growing into the ascendancy. I mean, Sakala looked to centre for Morelos, but Hill intercepted with a brilliant block before Nathaniel mm-hmm. Atkinson and Cammy Devlin could clear. Raskin was next to try his luck on the half hour, receiving from Cantwell, but Xander Clark equal to it once again. And Sakala, who I was worried about pre-game, like I say, tried to sneak one in at the near post, but Clark turned it behind for a corner. They were cranking up the pressure. It appeared as though we were going to stand firm. But what came, came. As right before half-time... Oh, it's so annoying when you watch this back. We concede possession right on the edge of the Rangers box. Shankland has a terrible pass. Ultimately made to pay. A quick counter sees Cantwell and Morelos link up. The Colombian looks to send a pass back inside to the Englishman. Hill slips. Nearly gets it away, but it just... It falls so luckily for Cantwell. The former Norwich City man kisses the inside of the post and ties proceedings at one each before the interval. Had we got to half-time, I can't help but feel that this could have been a different story. But it's harsh on hearts, a horrible goal to concede right before half-time. Especially because, yeah, Hill falls, but he actually gets really good connection on it, even though he falls. He just goes, right, I'm just going to take one for the team here, and throws his head at it as he's fallen. But as you say, it's like, of course they get that. If that's us, it bounces in a weird way, it gets stuck under the defender and that. But when it's against us, it's like, oh, it's actually just popped up perfectly into Cantwell's path. So he doesn't even need to stop. He can just keep running and everything. And just, I think, I know a lot of people were focusing on Haring because he kind of comes across it and stops. And I think he's caught in two minds. I think one, he's thinking, if I commit and touch him, he's going down into yeah. a penalty. And, or secondly, he's not aware of what's behind him and goes, oh wait, is there someone that he can just pass to? I need to cover this area. But all in actuality, Cantwell just then has time to find out. Listen, it's a good finish. Yeah. It is a very good finish. But, but it's just expect, so given the circumstance, yeah, yeah. It really is. And look, half time, one each, not the worst. We've been <laughs> like, right back. Big first 10 minutes in the second half. Let's keep it tight. Let's just repeat the feat. Yeah. And we did anything but. Shortly after the break, again, made to pay with individual errors. 
And this is where, again, I've sort of harped on a lot about this recently, but as a manager, like, what chance have you got? Seriously. Particularly when Stephen A. Smith is angling for the job. Cammy Devlin loses the ball cheaply on the edge of the area. As, to be fair, we actually do go in search of a second goal. However, Rangers break once more. Todd Cantwell sends an uncharacteristically aimless ball just up into the abyss. Toby Civic looks to head back to either James Hill or Xander Clark. Don't know what he's thinking. Nods into Fashion Sakala's path after the ball just drops from being sky high up in the air. And the little Zambian slides an effort past the onrushing Xander Clark. James Hill can't clear off the line. And before you know it, Rangers have turned the game on its head from 1-0 up, Hearts trail 2-1. And we've got it all to do at Ibrox all of a sudden, McIver. I don't know what happens to Toby Sibick when he goes to Ibrox. <laughs> because he just becomes say that a about any Hearts player. player, to be fair. I know, but in recent years, he is the one that is so evident. Mind, was it last season we got to be 5-0? Oh, Jesus, yeah, and we just fell. We crumbled. And I know that Sibick was... That was when Sibick was really struggling and he, he wasn't doing great. But you know how... Most of the time, Sibic is characterised by being a really big, strong and fast guy for mm-hmm. a centre-half. At that game, my dad, I remember my dad going, he just looked like he was running through quicksand. Yeah, And it's like, why was that ha- Why is that happening at Ibrox? Why here does he not just do what he would do in every other situation? Just put his head through it and head it backwards or leave it for Clark? Is it a crowd why pressure thing? Try and... is, it, is it being overwhelmed mm. by, you know, 50,000 as opposed to, say... But I don't see him doing it at Celtic Park. I know he got sent yeah. off at Celtic Park, but it wasn't like it was like a stupid rash decision. He was stopping and, a counter and I feel and like he was all 10, right. 10,000 folk more. I know. Yeah, but again, like as a Hearts player, I'd imagine like the Glasgow clubs hate us. So yeah, I don't know when you when you do get scrutinised by that heavy volume of folk having previously gone to Livingston and Ross yeah. County. Listen, like, you're going to you, second you must, guess you yourself. Must, exactly, you you, over, you probably overthink every single little yeah. element of your game, and that volume of fans, like it's. I mean, you go to the uh, Ibrox and Parkhead are Premier League grounds, just in yeah. in a Scottish environment. So they they're bound to swallow you up at some stage. And I think he is just caught in two minds between heading it forward or fully heading it back. So as a result, it just goes straight up in the air. And fair play to Hill for trying to get back, but there's not much he can do. And it is just like when. When are we ever going to get a break where they don't capitalise on us Never. fucking up? Never. I feel like... Whenever... That's been a common theme against Rangers this season, though, to be fair. But it's always... I know the old firm just have better players, right? But it is annoying where it's like... It feels like every single time you make an individual mistake, oh, they, they immediately capitalise. Yeah. But is that is that why they're at these clubs? Because there is that step up yeah, in calibre and a, quality. Yeah. Is that, is yeah, that all it is? I mean... I mean, one of those players that has made us pay countless times over the years, Alfredo Morelos, looked to grab his customary goal on 69 minutes against us. I believe he didn't score. But fires high and wide into the stand behind Clark's goal. There's one where Fashion Sakala pulls back for Scott Arfield, who off the bench, whose effort on the edge of the box was turned behind by the Hearts goalkeeper once more. I, I see a lot of Arfield talk. I mean, he could have signed off for Rangers with a goal against a potential... New suitor, would you take a take a punt on the Canadian international? Neither no. do I. 
It's nothing against them. I just don't want to sign anyone over the age of thirty-two this summer. No, neither do I. I I'm, I'm, I just, I'm in the exact same boat, mate. I think he's the. I, I'm, I'm an admirer of Scott Arfield. I think he's. I think he's a top. Yeah, player. I think he's a very solid player. And I think he's the exact type of midfielder that we could do with us. I, I spoke about this on the Open Goal Fans Forum that's coming out. I feel like we've got far too many protectors and too many sitters. I'd like mm-hmm. somebody to go beyond because we've seen. Liam Boyce fill in at number 10, who's more than capable of doing so. Lauren Shanklin now fill in at number 10. But we don't actually seem to have a recognised number 10. If you ask yeah. me, Shanklin and Boyce are both centre-forwards. So, yeah. I don't know, we need a we need a conjurer or Scott Arfield. Just, I'd just like somebody to go beyond the centre-forward with a, a basic one-two. But exactly. I, I and know. that is the thing, like, I think he's 35 or 36 in yeah. October. And it's like, I don't want anyone in the squad that age unless you're a goalkeeper but even then the only reason I'm fine with that is because it's Craig Gordon who could do no wrong yeah. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're suffering from Glenn Whelan and Robert Snodgrass PTSD aren't we and yeah, also, that, listen uh, that will be a part uh, of it and you know what the thing is as well Like, I think Hearts, Hibs and Aberdeen this is going to sound crazy but as much as we should be looking to sign established players like from a basic business standpoint, Scott Arfield would have no resale value. Yeah, one hundred percent. Looking at a, a project yeah. player to develop and sell on for bigger dough. It doesn't. Alex Cochran. Say an Alex Cochran, but an, yeah. an attacking midfielder equivalent. Yeah, that should be the ro- the model. The model yeah. should be getting an Alex Cochran in every position. Because how else are we meant to compete, really? If yeah. we, if we if we break it down, uh, I don't know. Look, two one down. 15 minutes to go James Tavernier looked to centre but Hill's there to clear once again however Morelos just bullies Barry Mackay off the bench with ease Clark saves the rebound oh, yeah, where does. Arfield should score but Cantwell slides a second rebound wide of the target with a goal gaping got off off the hook there um, and we should score up the other end Peter Haring finds Alan Forrest maybe let it run for Nathaniel Atkinson doesn't instead Ravi Matondo picks up does three Hearts players on halfway Finds Morelos on the right-hand side, who again sends his effort crashing into the side netting. But thankfully, we hung in, we dug in. This was very... It did actually remind me a lot of the one each, because if you remember that... Yeah, they missed a load of sales. Morelos, in particular, misses one on about 84, 85 minutes, but it's an absolute sitter. However, Ryan Jack was the Rangers Rangers player punished on this occasion... His pass, pounced upon by Nathaniel Atkinson. <laughs> His compatriot, Garan Kual, picks up off the bench, looks to play at Josh Ginelli. Gino gets turned, tries to link up with Shankland, deflects off Jack, but the young Aussie continued his run and slides beyond Alan McGregor to give the travelling fans something to cheer at least. And there's an element of luck in our equaliser, McIver. I'm not, you know, I'm not daft enough to say there isn't. We could say the same about all four goals in this game. Yeah. But it's a nice moment for uh, for you, your Newcastle United loanee. Uh, and yeah, the, the teenage talent from the Toon gets uh, gets off the mark. What did you, what did you make of that equaliser? It was such a weird game, eh? Four goals and they come in the first and last minute <laughs> of each half. Really, really, really strange. Um, listen, I'm obviously delighted for him. There is that <laughs> bias. I have more of a vested interest in a lot of the Hearts fan base because Newcastle are my English side and I want me to go on to be a regular mainstay in the team. And just generally, like, he gave an interview the 
in the following days afterwards to the Australian press where he says he views this loan as a success because it's got him acclimatised to the British culture, he's been with compatriots and he's really enjoyed his time here. And he was like, people will look at it at my minutes. And he was like, yes, I wanted to get more minutes. But he was like, I've been asked so many times and been told so many times that, oh, this loan was a failure, wasn't it? And he was like, no chance. He was like, I would view it as a success personally for me and my own growth. And if you listen to what Newcastle was saying, that was the point in this move. The point in this move from a Newcastle perspective was get him used to British football, get him in a place where he's surrounded by as as familiar surroundings as he can do. We have Hence a large contingency yeah. of Aussies. So, I'm glad to hear that from him, that he doesn't view this as a failure. I can understand why, from a Hearts perspective, it should be viewed as, as a failure, because, of course, it is. Like, the minutes we got from it, it was not a good signing for us. But, I'm, I'm really happy for him. And listen, that I know the goal didn't end up meaning anything in the grand scheme of the season, but to, to sign off and say, what was Garan Kuyol's one contribution? Oh, he got us a point at Ibrox. It's like, for most players, that would be pretty say, decent. How many, how many Hearts players could say they've netted a goal at Ibrox? Or, an, I was going to say a noteworthy goal, but an equaliser or a goal to winner. take yeah, yeah. points, yeah, absolutely. And it's very funny how I've not... So, obviously, I was at home watching, but my dad and my brother were there, and watching the TV and just seeing my dad grabbing onto Garanku y'all as my brother ruffles his hair <laughs> was very funny. <laughs> what, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say that I think it's also a gentle reminder to him. I know that he's obviously signed for Newcastle in this move from Central Coast mm-hmm. and his wages have probably, I don't know, quadrupled, quintupled or whatever. Yeah. It's not necessarily about the money, but it's probably a reminder that he's got to go out and earn this. Like, yeah. Yes, he's signed for Newcastle, but if if you can't make it into the Hearts team, you've still got a long, long way to go yeah. to get into this Newcastle team, particularly now that they've qualified for the Champions League. And, you know, what's going to happen in the coming seasons will happen. They'll probably go out and spend a, a fair whack of dough. So he's wanting to carve a career out for himself. And it's maybe just a little gentle reminder that there's still, there's still work to be done for, for that to be the case. Definitely, and but I am just chuffed for it. You could tell it meant a lot to him as well. Yeah, yeah, big time. He was buzzing. Um, so yeah, fair play to you, Garang. I, I, I know I'll be seeing a lot more of you than most Hearts fans <laughs> will, but cheers for your time up here. It was at least funny. But, in fairness, he could have earned a start at the weekend in the Edinburgh could Derby. Have Stephen Naismith could have thrown him in there before we get talking about just a really disappointing and underwhelming Edinburgh Derby like they pretty much all are um, I disagree <laughs> what at the weekend aye I've got thoughts I enjoyed oh that my God. now looking back I can enjoy oh, it oh is this just the scrap at the end maybe yeah of course it is <laughs> <laughs> stupid questions get stupid answers um, but we'll go we'll go around the grounds um, the top six was essentially settled the only fixture that had yeah. any meaning was the Edinburgh Derby um, as Celtic blew away Aberdeen by five goals to nil at Parkhead. Obviously the Aberdeen players were still rough from Wednesday yeah. night celebrating finishing third uh, and St Mirren swept Rangers uh, St Mirren were swept aside by Rangers. Imagine if St Mirren swept aside Rangers! Sorry mate uh, do you know how you, you know how we talked about like 
the mental and physical fatigue that this has taken. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm at this stage now where I'm just I'm really could do with a break for the football. <laughs> I'm not well, even, it's coming. I'm not Don't even worry. looking forward to like the cup final at the weekend. I'm just like I'll give it a watch, but I'm not I'm not as invested as I previously. How would be watching that? I don't care. Uh, like I'll, I'm probably more interested in. If Man City can complete this treble with a yeah, that's one, what I am more to be honest yeah. than, than than Celtic. I mean, what will Celtic pump at Vanessa about five 0 or something? Oh, I I think it could be that half time if they play a full strength side. Like. Uh, I may or may not have uh, money on Celtic minus four, um, but let's move on. Oh, okay. um, we'll see. We'll <laughs> that's, see. That's why I said five. So watch them win four. Um, <laughs> find... Oh, it's two 0 Park Thistle as we speak now. Oh wow! Who's got the second? Tiffany is Brian it? Brian Graham. Brian, of course, is. Or yep. bagsman, even though he's a Hibs master. Um, right. Is he? Yeah, he's former Hibs. Do you know that? Oh, I didn't even know that. No, Remember, didn't. I didn't pay attention to Scottish football pre twenty sixteen. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't remember when he played for Hibs right enough. I want to say under Terry Butcher when Hibs were rubbish, but Christ, that was ages ago. Can't remember. I know. I, I think I, I don't really know I'm going um, to find out as you tell me the other scores okay um, but yeah it, it was all <laughs> all eyes were essentially on the bottom six. Uh, on the Sunday, particularly in East Ayrshire, with Kilmarnock in 10th playing Ross County in 11th. And Kelly have been notoriously pretty decent at Rugby Park, and that trend continued, as of course we've found out that Ross County are in action in the playoffs tonight. That was because they lost 3-1 at Rugby Park to Kelly. Uh, St Johnston beat Livingston 2-0 in... What was was that Stephen McLean's first game since being appointed? No, As permanent permanent St Johnston manager, yeah. yeah. Uh, Livy just evidently don't care. They'll be delighted that the season's done a bit like myself. Um, and Dundee United <laughs> needed Ross County to lose. Uh, they did. However, it was only by two goals. Uh, and they, despite going 2-1 up at Fur Park, fell to a 3-2 defeat. <laughs> Away to Motherwell. Kevin Van Veen as well, can I just say, scoring after a minute or so. 11 consecutive games. That is a redonkulous um, what a crazy season and that was pretty much reflected by those three fixtures on the Sunday I, by the way Brian Graham there's a reason I didn't know he played for Hibs because he played in between 2016 and 2017 the season after we came up and oh, they were down the championship 16-17 wow yeah no so was that, that not their sense. final one we came up 14-15 oh yeah it was 14-15 yeah that was their title winning there you team. go Bri- Brian Graham must be a Hibs legend <laughs> the main reason they got it. That's exactly. Um, so yeah, basically it was really just really funny that Dundee United got relegated. Just, that is an absolute shocker, isn't it? Listen, that squad is shocking. I know that you have tried to convince me that Dylan Levitt's some top quality You're player. You're still not having it. When they evidently is not in the slightest, he's fine. Like he's serviceable. I don't know. Fletcher Welsh, going Welsh down speaking of it. But- Oh yeah, because look at the quality of that <laughs> Welsh team. That top level Welsh team that he's currently getting into. Hey, Wales um, make it to tournaments. We don't. We made it to one. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Wales will not be making it to tournaments any regularity now that Bale's gone. Yeah, That's sure, it. Point. <laughs> that fair is point. it for Wales. That is literally it at international level, isn't it? That's why we've struggled yeah. for so long. You just need a marksman in the final third in Scotland. Yeah, you need one that. class player. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that was really funny. Ross County being well now being put to the sword by Party Thistle as well, just good. I hope they go down. I hope yeah, that I, I hope the Jags, the Jags finish the job. Great club. Um, and then it was such a point. I didn't realise that Aberdeen didn't even have a shot 
at Parkhead. Oh, and, and men behind the ball. <laughs> yeah, so I saw that they didn't. I saw that they didn't have a shot on target, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, that happens. But it was like, oh, no, they just didn't have a shot. But it's like, who gives it? They won't give a shit. No. Like, they got third. That's all that matters for them and fair play to them. And then Rangers St. Mirren is such a irrelevance. And then Steve McLean's just, like, actually no bad at management. He's so out fair here. Play to him. <laughs> Marker's out here. Fair play to him. That is, that is bizarre that Steve McLean, like, I did not foresee that when we signed him, what, four years ago. God, it must be more than four years now. No, was it not nineteen twenty or eighteen nineteen? No, I was about to say, was it eighteen nineteen? Maybe eighteen nineteen. So that's getting what, back four, into the Google. Four or five. Jesus, that is Steve McLean. That is mental. In twenty eighteen. Oh my goodness gracious me! Thirty-five games, four goals. <laughs> <laughs> Top quality striker play there for big Steve McLean. And Jesus, at one that... point he told us to fuck off in one of the four goals. I was about to say, I think I can remember them. That was obviously the Rangers one that you're referring to. Yep. Uh, Didn't he score against St Johnston? Hamilton, I remember. Oh, maybe. Was it not Aberdeen in like the cup? Yeah, because he goes to the oh, fans, yeah, remember? He does, yeah, he winds up the fans. And the other aye. Dundee, I think I went up to Dens and we, and we won that at game. At Dens, yeah. I see, good bit of knowledge that. Fair play. Pointless trivia. Um, could have done with that in the quiz, but never mind. Yep. <laughs> or is that the who am I, and that's why you know it? <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. that, was, that should have done that. And with Sheffield Wednesday as well, one of his former clubs being promoted. Ah, oh. oh, this is why you've I've been failing. Tri- I missed a trick here. Wait till you well, see how underwhelming the who am I is. Oh <laughs> <Christ>. my god, <laughs> Jesus. Well, we all know who it's going to be next week. It's going to be Steve McLean. <laughs> oh, the goat. Maka, what a guy. Fuck and shit. somebody that Stephen McLean played with was Stephen Naismith, who named his starting 11. What a link. Thank you very much. What a that was link. Good, it? It's about time. It's only taken 131 episodes of this pish, but I finally got a decent link. <laughs> um, fifth and final Edinburgh Derby of the season took place at Tynecastle Park. A winner takes all clash. Hibs needed to win in over to leapfrog us into fourth. All Hearts needed was a point to secure a place in the Europa Conference third qualifying round. Right third qualifying round, yeah. Um, and Stephen Aismith made two changes to the side that held Rangers to each at Ibrox. Uh, your mate Alex Cochran returned from suspension, but as we'll get into, <laughs> did he? loves the suspension. <laughs> did he really return? <laughs> he, he made a brief cameo uh, at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to replace Toby Civic <laughs> who had a shock over that second goal um, albeit quite a harsh dropping but who am I to question Stephen Naismith uh, and Barry Mackay was brought back in for Alan Forrest who I forget even played at Ibrox uh, in a yeah. rare chance that was given to him albeit Barry Mackay does have a tendency to go disappearing as well um, what did you make of the starting eleven to take on the high bees? the hill thing was the biggest concerns maybe too harsh a word because he was so good so you were like right okay but with Cochran coming back in you knew one of them was getting dropped and it was like I, I saw a lot of people right, I, was, I, I wondered what the hell you meant by the hell thing I was like I thought James Hill was actually alright it was just his no. initial error <laughs> no. that led to, led to that first goal the the hell replacing Sibbett right. kind of um, the, the sacrifice in the defence yes basically that's a better way of putting it but I was, as you say, it was harsh, 
But I saw a lot of people praising it because it's like, look, if you make a mistake, you're out this team under Stephen Naismith. And after the game, Naismith spoke about how well Civic handled it, especially having to come into the game a lot quicker than he thought he was going to have to, if perhaps at all. But barring that, it was like, this is our best team. Play this, we should be all right. You see the Hibs team. Was gutted that McCurdy wasn't starting, and I was like, "All right, shit, we might actually concede here." Shit, but <laughs> generally was confident. Shall I run through who those clowns selected, just yeah. in case we've all forgotten? It's pretty easy to forget. Four-one-four-one. Um, David Marshall in goal. Back four: Lewis Stevenson, Paul Hanlon, Will Fish, and uh, Lewis Miller. Uh, James Jago in front of that, with Yuan on the left, Cadden on the right. Newell and Doyle Hayes in the middle and Kevin Nisbet up front. The big thing was that uh, Egan Riley, yeah. Yes. Because he knackered his hamstring against Celtic. Similar so the boy Lewis Miller came in and... He was the one that was fucking up in the midweek, wasn't he? Aye, and then was anonymous in the game because Shatley put him on his arse within a minute. Tosser. <laughs> um, but, just like in midweek, you alluded to James Hill earlier on. Hearts hit the front thanks to a James Hill long throw. The Bournemouth Loney's latest is nodded away by James Jago. And look, if we could have chosen who we'd most love to steer Hearts ahead, I think Utaro Oda would have been pretty high on the list. The Aussie clears, Oda takes one touch, sets himself with his right foot, slams home a left-footed effort past David Marshall, through Lewis Stevenson's legs, chef kiss, mwah, glorious. 13 appearances, first Hearts goal, and it's 1-0 to the famous Jam Tarts on Derby Day. Come on. As I was walking up Dal Rai, I tweeted, all I want from today is a Yutaro Oda goal. <laughs> that was it. I was like, if we get, because my logic was, if we hold, get that, I think we'll win. Hold on a second. With what's transpired in the game, did you, or did you not, Daniel McIver, have money on a certain Sunday opening the scoring. And, upon reflection, having made said tweet, would you have altered your selection now? It's easy yeah. to say, but that's... The thing is, though... Oda's a shit price, yeah. probably, isn't he? Oda's like 5-1. to one. That, is, like, that is dross. I'm sorry. No wonder the I bookies know. are all loaded. Rubbish. He's actually, seriously, Considering right, okay, he's yet to open his account. That. I know I he's know, an attacking mental. player, so it's more likely, but... That's Macaulay pure. Tate... Macaulay Tate had better odds than Cochrane. No, I saw Stephen Humphreys was. They were still taking punts on. Oh, Stephen Humphreys, Humphreys was second, second best behind Shanko and Snodgrass was third favourite to get booked first. <laughs> like we, we didn't even acknowledge that Humphreys is away. So oh yeah, this podcast, play, I think that was my fault. Sorry. Fair play. We'll yeah. get to that in the Stephen review, Stephen. If you're still listening. Exactly. The Stephen review. Did I say the Stephen review. The Stephen review. <laughs> Let's do a Stephen review within the season review because we've got Stephen Kingsley, Stephen Naismith, Stephen Humphreys. We've got plenty of that's, Stephen. That's a genius title that I've unintentionally come up with there. I'm having a yep. shocker here. I just, the I Stephen can't, review. I can't be arsed. Listen, I didn't have a title in mind and everybody, you've just heard the title <laughs> form itself as you are listening. But anyway, Oda. Stephen absolutely. review coming. That's a shocker absolutely <laughs> delighted for him like it as you, you've put it perfectly you could have asked every single Hearts fan walking at that ground going who do you want to score the day 
everybody would have said Oda. Every single game where he's got close, everyone's went, it's fine, he's keeping it for the derby. In that way that football fans do going, it'll just be perfect in the way, but you never really think, and then he does. Because we're all romantics, aren't we? We dream of these scenarios and... Thankfully, exactly. thankfully, I've made amends with the, the older shirts. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, obviously, to go ahead in a derby, the celebrations are huge anyway. But I loved how it felt like everybody celebrated, and then there's a moment of realisation that it's Oda, and all everyone just are like, it's Oda! Yeah, <laughs> and have another celebration. And he seemed absolutely buzzing. It's a it really was. good... It's a really good finish because one of the complaints that we've had, and Naismith said it himself, has been that his decision making has been his weak point for a lot of the times. He's got himself in a position. There's sometimes where he looks to provide yeah. where he ought to go himself and vice versa. Yep, yeah, definitely. And in this situation, it's instinct. He takes a touch and hits it. And listen, as you say, going through Stevenson's leg is funny. It's in the back of the net. By the time Marshall starts to die. He is so bad. It's so hilarious bad. that he's the number one. Like, it's so funny. Oh, he's always been overrated, but this just Yeah, agreed. It. Agreed. Like, I've never seriously. rated him to the heights that a lot of people have oh done. Oh my god. Awful. And he's just, awful he's just terrible. I think that was our only shot on target in the game, right? It was. That? We had three shots yeah. generally and that was it on target. And he's nowhere Jesus. fucking near it. You're right about Oda though, because I... I, I took my missus to our first Edinburgh derby, so this this was it. I know why we're still together is beyond me. She's she's an absolute saint. But anyway, I think she was blown away a little bit by the goal celebrations, and and she she, she loves seeing Oda's translator talk to him because she thinks it's yeah. cute. So the fact that he opened the scoring and, and, and just and we were obviously both in the top of end. He came right over, yeah. like at the bottom of it. It was just, it was great, really, really great moment. I'm, I'm so pleased for him, because a young guy coming over, like it can't Especially, be easy, and that is one way to just get everybody fighting your case if you haven't already. Especially because it now gets it off his back ahead of yeah, pre-season. Big time. He doesn't need to worry about that now. It's like right, I'm off the mark. Last game of the season, just keep that momentum going. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's the perfect time for him, as you say. With with preseason yep. now, he'll be he'll be hopefully fit and firing, having got that monkey off his back. <sighs> However, just over a quarter <laughs> into the game, the entire <laughs> complexion of it would change. Jake Doyle Hayes hooks an aimless ball over the top. Kevin Nisbet latches onto it. Question marks surrounding if he's offside or not. Up against Kai Rolls. Who continues to fail to deal with any form of centre forward? The Millwall bound centre forward pokes wide for Chris Cadden, who is taken down Daniel McIver by your mate, <laughs> Alex Cochran. Now, initially, a penalty kick is given, and the left back is shown a yellow card. However, what later transpires is a free kick on the edge of the area, which does appear the correct decision. And the 23-year-old is sent off. You have dubbed yourself the founder of the Alex Cochran fan club, Mr. McIver. What are your thoughts with regards to this entire situation? The first rule of the Alex Cochran fan club is kick the shit out of anybody who tries to come in. Um, Anybody in a green shirt. Yes, exactly. Right. 
I think we can all agree it would have been way better if it would stayed a penalty because double jeopardy would have been in play and he would have only got booked. Yeah, and especially Ke- because of what happened. And Kevin Nisbet has previous for missing a penalty in an Edinburgh derby. Yeah. There's always a chance. Exactly. <sighs> but listen, when you watch it back, <laughs> obviously I'm there, and I was just thinking. Ah, it's right up your oh, end as well. Yeah, I'm in line with it, and I was like, he has clattered them. But in my, I did go. I don't think that's a penalty. I think that's a free kick. I couldn't tell because I'm obviously an end up the other yeah. end, so I was like, "Oh shit!" And then and I then, see him point to the spot, and I'm just like, "Oh, why have yeah. you done that?" When you see it back, you're right. Rolls and Hill are both at more rolls because again, they I just cannot so. deal with the ball over the top. And what it means is, is that Cochrane comes across and the ball comes to him, and when you see it, you realise what's happened. He doesn't realise... I don't think it's an issue with his positioning, as some have said. I think it's an issue with his awareness. Because he doesn't know Cadden's there. He's thinking, all right, okay, this is a bit of a nightmare. Right, just get rid of it. Uh, Who's this, sorry, Rolls? Cochrane. Oh, Cochrane. Cochrane is not aware that Cadden is even in the same vicinity as him. He thinks, right, okay, we've got ourselves in a bigger mess. I just need to send this. So as he spins to clear it, Cadden then just comes in, nicks the ball, and it ends up with Cochrane just punting them in the legs and taking them down. I will, however, say there was a level of overreaction on Twitter by some being like, he's a liability, he's rubbish, and stuff like that. I, I, I was going to ask you about this. Do you think that... And look, I, I love Alex Cochrane not quite as much as you, but because nobody does, but I, I, no. I'm a, I am a big Alex Cochrane fan. Do you think the <laughs> the rash nature that we've seen recently under Stephen Naismith, perhaps in the split, is uh, is the only thing that's sort of holding him back, and that's why he's here because he's got absolutely everything you could ask for in a modern day full stroke wing back, as far as I'm concerned. No, because if you look at the red cards that he's had, so one of them. Was it Celtic, Celtic Park? It was a double yellow. Two against That's Celtic, right. actually. He just, he just hates green and white teams. But the thing Cochran. is, the second red, which has been the thing that people are using against him, being like, he's rash, he's, he needs to get his behaviour under control. We all agreed, didn't we, that the one against Celtic at Tynecastle wasn't fair a red? Point. Yeah, it's a fair point. And then that one against Hibbs is just him not paying attention. So I don't think it's a... Stephen Naismith is making him like a wee angry dog. And listen, he is he is more aggressive. He's up for a fight. And I appreciate that. And listen, we saw that at the end of the game. He's very much one who will... He'll go to fight for his teammates and stuff like that. But I don't think... For example, I don't think we've seen a red card like where he's just lunged in at somebody and went in at the shin. No, not with the, int- like, not with the intention doing? to do somebody. Yeah, I just think he's been a bit naive in many of them, and that just needs. It's like he's a young guy. He'll get that coached. Yeah, needs more experience. Yeah, it was still though a fucking nightmare. (laughs) It was like because of what then happens, you are thinking, well, the same results happened as if they would have got a penalty, but we are now down a man. And at that point, I went, we are losing this game. Yeah, it was hell. It really was. I mean, Kevin Nisbet, of course, we all know what happened. Steps up, scores the resulting free kick. is one each. We then have over an hour to play with 10 men. And it's a hip side. It's against the hip side, I should say, that have hauled themselves level on Derby Day. 
from there on in, it really was only Hibs chances. I mean, five minutes later, Paul Hanlon looked to pile on the agony. Jesus, his drive met by Xander Clark's glove after receiving from Lewis Miller. On the stroke of half time, Hibs should have taken the lead. Paul Hanlon heads a corner back into Joe Newell's path, but he's denied by Clark once again. Um, 48 minutes, Cadden gets the better of Kai Rolls, centres for Nisbet, he heads wide to the target, but in fairness, Hibs were huffing and puffing, but couldn't really create anything too clear-cut. I mean, Ellie Yuan, pretty quiet, all things considered, looks to bend one in the far corner, but shoots straight at Clark. Hanlon has another header from a Joe uh, Joe Neal corner, which is beaten away after he gets the better of Kai Rolls yet again at a set-piece. Uh, but the funny one for me was Paul Hanlon looking to turn provider and cross for Harry McCurdy, who's at the back stick. Thankfully, he is absolutely pants and heads wide to the target. I mean, I was watching Harry McCurdy warm up. His pink hair is enough to drive you nuts, as is. But I looked at him, and this is, a, this is going to sound really weird, but I was looking at his legs because I could not believe how skinny they were. It was honestly like two... Ah, he's a wee guy, yeah. It was like two chicken skewers, mate. I've got more muscle on my legs, and I'm by no means an athlete. Jesus. I just... He's the worst forward I've ever seen at Hibs. Terrible. Absolutely I can't terrible. think of anybody. If you think over listen, the years, they've had decent strikers. They've not tended to be the best side, but they have had, yeah. they've had. they been far better in the final third at having somebody to hang their hat on year after year after year after year. Mm-hmm. We, when we were growing up, didn't. Yeah, we were more defensive. We were more defensively solid. He's up there with oh, James Collins, Paul McCallum, Rowan Vine. Fucking. I'm hell. trying to think of Rowan terrible Vine. Hibs strikers. Uh, what was the boy? Uh, Shevke Kuki. Do you remember him? Oh, I mind him. Christ. Paul I. Heffernan. Yeah. For us, it has to be. For for us, it is the Paul McCallum one. Like, we. Well, I mean, how long have we got? We could maybe create an hour's pod on. But that was the thing, like, see, it's hard to explain when, if you're not a football fan, what a derby does to you, because you don't analyse a game rationally. I barely spoke to my missus when I was there. I was like, what a shit experience this is for her, because I'm just a nervous wreck and I'm virtually biting off each and every one of my nails. Yeah, so like, I was speaking to my mate, um, who's an Aberdeen fan, and he was like, why were you ever nervous? at all for that game and I was like because it's in a derby so every little thing you exacerbate and he was like as soon as they went down, as soon as you went down to 10 men and the equaliser I was like Hibs are not winning this there's no way and he's like and then you see it and they're, just, they're shit the worst example of that was on 83 minutes them hitting the post I mean how Will, Will Fish does not score is beyond me another Joe Neal corner but thankfully that was all that she wrote it wasn't pretty we dug in denied Hibs a fourth place finish and like I say, into that Europa Conference League third qualifying round. But that was... That that sort of... Sum, I think this game basically summed up our season from after the World Cup to, yeah. to now. It was like, after the World Cup, we kicked on, got to third. But then once we lost, it was like basically February. From February onwards, it was just... This is shite. It was a nightmare. Um, I want to say, the biggest compliment... I can give to James Hill is that in that second half it felt like Halkett was back. Yeah. In terms he of won everything. Yeah. He won absolutely everything. Xander Clark is at fault for the goal. I'm still saying it. But he set up his wall. But wrong. in fairness, but we've got him I'm not going to criticise him too much. Yeah, exactly. He was fantastic. Another couple, absolutely fantastic. Another couple top saves. And then 
Shankland was great at just it's a such what a, a thankless job. Gino has to get Gino as well. Shout out to him. He played about eight different positions whilst he was clearly struggling <laughs> as well. But Shankland has to just be the lone focal point, and he did it so so good, so well. They were absolutely awful. I have no idea why. For the last twenty minutes against ten men, their plan was put lofted balls into the box. Do you, do you know what makes it worse, mate? It's the fact that they are as close to us in the table. Like that just sums up the season. Like they are for the collapse. Awful. Really, really yeah, bad. So I mean, bad. what did they finish behind us in the end? Two points. Two points. Aye. Good God. Right. What a laugh awful. it's been. Well, but hey, even been, when but... it matters, Hibs can't win derbies. 70 plus minutes or something doing the 10 men. All they had to do was get a goal and they can't do it. <sighs> but thank fuck it's finished. Um, look, I know that you've got a, a season review up your sleeve in terms of next week. I would yep. just, will we talk about Stephen Naismith's tenure now or will we leave that till then? Well, from what we're hearing by the time the season review comes out is that Stephen Naismith will be manager so I guess what we can see it's quite a simple thing just now I think it's pretty clear to see he's improved us I think neutrals look at him will go well results two haven't wins. necessarily equated yet yeah it's like well but it's the hardest games of the season and all I'll say on it is this when Nielsen was sacked and Naismith came in temporarily I had about eight reasons that I didn't want Naismith to get the job. Now, I would have one hesitation. And that hesitation is is just, I don't know what he's going to be like if we have a dip. And that just comes out of a lack of And recruitment as well for me. But that's a bigger issue at the club. I hear that, but ultimately he'll carry, what, 50% of that blame, really? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. But I feel like I'd worry. I'll be honest. I'm with, with you though. I, I do worry. Recru- like in terms of yeah. the, the squad that he's inherited, he seems to get a tune out of various players. But yeah. again, it's a case of what happens when their heads drop, as if you say we go on a little lull and can't quite recover. But on the flip side, you could say that he came into a squad that was as mentally low as it possibly could be this season and massively turned it around. So, if by what we all expect happens, happens where Naismith gets the job by the next time we are talking, I'll back him 100% I love him to pieces so you see at the fight at the end how funny it was he gets the it's so simple and basic and often thrown out very lazily but Naismith gets hearts and maybe just now that's what we need and he's a winner I mean he is a winner yeah, he'll do absolutely. absolutely anything to win I, I love the guy honestly one of my favourite hearts players ever yeah. what a career um, I think the the derby to me I I, I, I'm going to say that that is a, a, not as good as it gets under Stephen Naismith, but certainly under Robbie Nielsen. I don't know. I just I look at that game and I think, would we score as early? Probably not. Like we wouldn't really go out with that sort of all guns blazing approach. I think we would have instantly looked to soak up pressure after we take the lead. And I think if we'd have gone down to ten men, he'd have probably blamed it on the red and would have gone on to lose. I, I don't know if that's harsh or not we, we ultimately never will I, know but i disagree with the first couple of things because we saw last season several times and even this season we went goals up against hibs quite early the semi-final last season we got two within very quick succession We're but first i will minutes. say no of course not but i will agree that i don't think we get a point out of that under nielsen this season no i don't think so 
<sighs> and, and, he inher- it's done. and he inherited a defeat Easter Road, but look, yeah, exactly. It was yeah. it, it was a tough task finishing finishing above fourth into that third place. Yep, I'm just relieved it's done. In all honesty, are you not? Same. I'm just, I'm very happy. Listen, I can already start to feel like oh, I'm gutted that there's no football at the weekend, but. I'm still at the stage where I'm like season as well. Yeah, it because of the World Cup and everything like that, it has just felt like this season feels like it's been going on for a year. So I am thankful you have a few weeks. Qatar feels like at a least lifetime or. ago. I know it's crazy. It really it's is. Absolutely, it really is crazy. Um, but listen, we'll 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 spout all even more nonsense next week with this Stephen review. Oh, <laughs> next season it's going to be uh, next week's going to be interesting as we I'm dream, review I'm our predictions. Back on the predictions because I know that some of them are absolutely awful. That's um, one way of putting it. For both as, of us, as they, as we as both the, had shockers, as, as they always are. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll end off with a quiz. I, I want to see the back of this episode like I want to see the back of the season. So let's, <laughs> let's <just> start. <laughs> Two normal questions, multiple choice, true or false. And of course, the coveted "Who Am I?" Right. Starting with your two normal questions, and I'm not sure if you're going to be happy with said normal questions. Oh, for fuck's sake! That means no, I won't be then. First question: Hibernian have now finished below Heart Midlothian in consecutive seasons in the Scottish Premiership, but when was the last time that this happened? In the Scottish Premiership is the key wording there. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. I feel like. When we won the cup, did they not finish like tenth? And then twelve, thirteen. I don't know when they f- where they finished. Obviously, the ne- the season after that, thirteen, fourteen, we finished below. I'm gonna go. The last time it was back to back was that the eleven, twelve, twelve, thirteen season. <sighs> 11-12 is one of the seasons, but it was 2010-11, 2011-12. That, that is unlucky. That Bastards. is very, very unlucky. I'm trapped I got one of the seasons. Yeah, so that, that's only half point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hearts will compete in European competition in back-to-back seasons, 2022-23 and 2023-24. But when did the Jambos last do so? Well, I'm trying to remember. I know... We last finished third back-to-back under Levine. But I don't know if that meant that was the last time we finished <laughs> in Europe. Right. But, because... Oh, I don't care what it means about cups. What the cups... What did <laughs> cups do in the past? Did they get us straight into Europe? Surely. Were we playing in Europe 05? Eh, 04, 05? My logic is this. I think I'm going to be one year off again. Okay. My logic is this. I think we were class in 05, 06. We won the cup, so we're in there. Okay. 06, 07, we had a drop-off. Oh, no, we were shit, though. We finished, like, fifth that season. <laughs> I'm going to go 04, 05, 05, 06. Oh, MacIver, MacIver, MacIver. Is it way more recent? Yeah. Just think about what we, we just discussed. So, 2010-11, we finished third. 2011-12, we won the cup and finished fifth. So it was 2011-12 and 2012-13. Did we? Wait, what? How? Because 2010-11 carried over into 11-12. And 11-12 we won the Cup, so it carried over into 12-13. What I've done 
is forget about the carry over thing. I've done yeah. it reverse. Yeah. I've carried over into imaginary <laughs> seasons that didn't have any involved in it. Right, cool. Oh dear. I, that's that is that's a tough one to be fair. You fucked me there. Uh, you've basically <laughs> you've given the same answer. That's never happened before. Where we've had that. This is a shambles. So, this is an absolute shambles. So evil. And speaking of so evil, here's your multiple choice. Kevin Nisbet is the first Hibs player to score in back-to-back Edinburgh derbies since who? Is it A. Anthony Stokes, B. Martin Boyle, C. Jason Cummings. Or D, Christian Deutsch. C, Jason Cummins. Who scored four in a row from 2015 to 2016. I saw the tweet. Ah, you I bastard. saw the tweet. Yes, <laughs> fuck yeah. Get in. I, saw, I was like, as you were going down the options, I was like, I saw a tweet about this. And I was like, you were saying the names, and I was like, shit, none of them were ringing bells. But as soon as you said oh. Cummins, I remember seeing the photo of him running away. I know the bloke so. that runs that Hib stats page as well. Ollie, I'm going to message you, bailing. <laughs> <laughs> right, question four, you're true or false? I previously alluded to Kevin Van Veen's fantastic season earlier. Yeah. True or false, Hearts were the only Scottish Premiership club that he failed to score against this season. Oh, shit, it's either us or one more. I think it's us and Rangers they didn't, so I'm going to say false because I think there's two teams. True, we were the only ones he didn't. Were we the only ones? Because yeah. I remember seeing that going. What might maybe that's you why I don't rate them? Is because if you think about it, there was ten teams listed, so you'd naturally think two. But of course, he can't score against Motherwell, so it's us. Oh, it's the course. it's the eleven. So we're of course, ten of ten yeah. of the eleven. We're the only name not on said list. For some reason, but that's a bizarre stat, isn't it? Don't know why. Don't know why we're the only ones that can cope with Kevin Van Veen. I've realised what I've done there. I've factored in one team playing back to back because of the split. I've thought that's what he did, but I did see that, and I did think maybe that's why I don't think he's as good as everybody else does. It's crazy though. Whenever he plays against us, he's not good. But given he's made to look like Zlatan Ibrahimovic yeah. like, throughout the rest the rest of the league. Well, at least I didn't get a zero. I've still never had a zero through the question, so I'll take that. <laughs> Wish I could say the same. Yeah, uh, <laughs> multiple times of that. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> That's what I was asked about the Oscars and all this pish bit. Anyway. Yeah. I don't think it was. I think you got a zero and just an actual football question. I definitely got a 50-50 roll because I just... I, I yeah, can't, you did. I can't help, can't help but do that. Right. Yeah. You're who am I? Anyway. Is, right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is either going to be... You're going to be miles off or you're going to get fucking bang on and I really hope right. that it's the former. I never represented the nation of my birth at full international level, but played alongside a player that won every English trophy except the FA Cup alongside the Champions League for the under-21s. I too played down south, netting the last goal of a calendar year in English football. Upon my side's relegation, I ended up in Gorgie, where my first season with the Jambos was my most prolific scoring five goals. I played in Cyprus and Thailand, but made Scotland my home as I went on to represent a further ten Scottish teams both in the leagues and non-league. Who am I? Bloody hell. Right. <laughs> Two names popped out of my head as you were going through that, and they were right. Osman So and Christian Nadi. Right. But, okay. as soon as you said five goals, I was like, well, So scored that, and surely Nadi scored more than five <laughs> goals for us in a single season. And, and they probably all came against Hibs. Um, <laughs> Shall I get this man's Wikipedia up in case you ask questions? Please do. 
Right, so clearly you've spe- you've specified country of birth. Yes. So there's, there's pish going on here with nationalities. <laughs> so I'm going to completely ignore nationalities for now. Right, okay. I would like to know between which seasons did he play for Hearts? Okay, okay. Uh, 2007-8 and he left at the end of 2009-10. It could be Nadi. It could be Nadi. Now, I know that Nadi's played for hundreds of clubs. <laughs> and a lot of them have been in Scotland. However, I currently can't remember any of them. Except I want to say, like, Albion Rovers, but I don't even think that's right. Please don't ask me to say this man's clubs. <laughs> you know what? Just because you've wound me up, I'm going to make you say Even though I think it's a bad question to ask. Because I think nationality or position is And you're going to use better. up the second... I'm going to use up the second just to annoy you. I'm sacrificing my own chance of getting this to annoy you. Name every single club in order <laughs> he has played for. Right, okay. I think he's played for Clyde and shit. Troy's AC. Le Havre. Sheffield United. Hearts. Aiki Larnaca. Samut Songkram. PTT Rayong. <laughs> Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Wraith Rovers <laughs> Hamilton Ackies Dumbarton Stranraer uh, Annan Athletic Dumbarton Troon Annan Athletic Back to Troon Anne Bank United Muirkirk Juniors and Peters Hill Right I, I remember Nadia at Dumbarton I'm pretty sure I remember him at Annan because and I, I remember him at Wraith because the thing was, was that he just kept scoring against Hibs in every single tier that he went to. Hibs would get them in cups or in league when they were lower leagues. And he'd score, he'd do fuck all for everyone else except score and he would love it. So my guess is Christian Nadi. <laughs> Christian Nadi it is. <laughs> absolute goal. Get in! I don't know why I thought of Nadi the other day, but I was like, that is an absolute topper. What a guy. Because as you say, as you say, he only ever scored only ever five scored for us in season. I know what was it? Uh, where did I see it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Nadi's former manager. Uh, Nadi's manager at former club Sheffield United, Neil Warnock, declared his interest in signing the striker for Crystal Palace in June two thousand and eight. It's amazing to think what Palace are now. Uh, his first season with the club was his most prolific, as he scored five goals in total. Jesus. Bloody hell. There was, some, there was, there was somebody else that I was going to do for the Who Am I. can't remember what it was. And I was just like, oh, if I go Nadi, I'll risk it being too easy. But there you go. So, the first season of quizzes, we obviously will have one more in season review. A shocker. But in, in the actual 38-game week, it has finished 17-6 to me. You will have a chance that's, to take it to 17-6. That's bad for the Who Am I's. Yeah, there's a couple that I wouldn't have got, but there's a couple that are still resonating in my skull and haunting me. And then there's others like, who did you get that I gave you? Stephen Simmons like the, was it? Stephen Simmons. I was about to see Steve Swift. Which he didn't <laughs> even play for us. Um, like you got that, and then you didn't get Palace Wales, despite going. I want to see Ruben Palace Wales, but I'm just going to say no one <laughs> instead of Palace David Wales. Oh my god! Let, yeah, oh, let's not, or I'll get even more last. depressed. Yeah. But fair play to Nadi. I do just remember like hearing that he scored against Hibs again. 
that, for like fucking Arnon. That um, last goal of 2006 in English football was his winner against Arsenal, where he skins Colo Turi. You seen it? Oh God, yeah. He, I think I think they're playing on on the 30th of December. I was going to say Hogmanay, so the day before. Yeah. And he just he outpaces Colo Turi on halfway. He lets it run through his legs. It just slots past Jens Lehmann. I think it is. What a man! What a guy! Absolutely love an him. absolute hero. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean the fact that he's now in the west of Scotland, tremendous. I, I'll probably see him next season. I was just about to say, ah, <laughs> you that would be class. What a guy! Try and get with the pot. <laughs> exactly. How was your all your goals against Hibs like? Oh, what a guy, hero. But please let us know if you got Nadi as quick as I did, or if you were just like. Who remembers this random Because that's from an era that we like yeah. love the yeah. teams. Because yeah, that's yeah. when we were just properly getting into 100%. football. Yeah, so absolutely. But we hope you did enjoy this episode. Apologies for the delay. We don't know when. We probably we haven't discussed this, but we'll probably give this a week to record. So it, we probably won't have the season review out on our normal time either, just to allow this to be listened to. But it so, will be out next week. Don't worry. Like it, we're not just gonna have other time. Full time from Far Hill it's finished two 0 Partick in the first leg, so looking looking good for that. the old uh, the old Aye. Harry Rags. Um exactly. what was I gonna say just there? Can't even remember. Never mind. No just, idea. Just carry but on. anyway, <laughs> if you did enjoy this, please let us know on social media at Pet Paisley on all forms of social media. If you have enjoyed it and you're listening to it, leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Massively appreciated. If you're watching us then please leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube as well. We're also Paisley at gmail.com if you want to fire us over an email. Adam, where can they get you and all the socials? They can find all my Christian Nadi propaganda at AdamTK on all the socials. That's what I was going to say. Kids these days growing up with Lauren Shankland. We had Christian <laughs> Nadi, kids. Exactly. Don't know how lucky you exactly. are. It's, just, it's an absolute joke. Go but anyway, yourself, I am at dmcivor22. We're back next week to do a full season review, go over our predictions, and just wonder why you are listening to this for any form of football analysis. But as we have until been the then, whole time. <laughs> exactly. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.